0: Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas Podcast. Where Gallery Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day, everyone. Our guest today is Naomi Papuchado, Director of Product Content Strategy and Management, and UX writer of gong.io. Welcome, Naomi, to Knowledge-Based Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Fantastic, Naomi. So I might have just introduced a little bit about yourself, but please add more to you, to what you do and uh, how did you originally or initially got into documentation, please?
1: No problem. Uh, yeah, I kind of fell into the profession. Um, I relocated from England to Israel and I didn't really know uh, what I was going to do as my career. Um, and then I was working at the Jerusalem Post and somebody mentioned to me technical writing. I took a course and I got a placement and I've never really looked back. Um, looking back, it's, it's been a good career choice because it really plays to my strengths.
0: Fantastic. So how long has it been? How many years have you been into documentation?
1: um I've passed 20 years just about
0: oh fantastic so it's 20 years of uh story great great
1: so what
0: kind of career options are out there for technical writers then Naomi
1: here in Israel there are a lot of career options for writers of all kinds because high-tech is uh, one of our first industries here in Israel and we have very diverse range of high-tech companies everything from small startups to uh, larger corporate organizations. And everybody needs writers to help get the product um, knowledge across to users. And it can take various forms, whether it's the documentation, emails, UX writing, and so on. So there's, there's a lot of career opportunities over here and a lot of great minds that go into it.
0: Great, great. So uh, at Gong, what is your documentation process and who do you normally involve in it?
1: It's a great question. Um, in Gong, we, um, we sit on the product team, um, which is strategically great for being at the, the source of uh, all the new features and so on. Um, I'm the only one on my team. I'm kind of... Uh, Jack of all trades when it comes to anything, uh, product writing. And um, the process is quite involved with the UX team as well. So product managers and UX kind of start working on the features a little bit before I arrive. And then they'll call me in to be a part of uh, deciding the direction of the feature in terms of what the text will look like and so on. And then after that, um, when the feature is released, I'll already have a lot of knowledge about the feature and be able to write it up into the help center, which is online.
0: Great. So how big is your team in Go?
1: It's just me doing this job. Um, I think I'll probably need to hire someone soon, but right now it's only me doing everything.
0: (laughs) So just again about Gong and uh, documentation. So how does Gong think about UX in their documentation?
1: Uh, UX is very important. Um, We have more or less a team that is supporting uh, currently uh, two product managers to one, one and a half UX people. Um, and we need more. Um, It's it's a very integrated process. Everyone is all hands-on. We have daily meetings with the dev teams as well, so everybody is always in the know about what's going on, uh, where the feature is, what it needs, what areas need to be looked at and done. So the UX part um, is important to the product managers, And it's important for them that um, everybody has a say, the UX um, team and and their UI designers, and also me from a writing perspective.
0: Wow, great. So um, so other than considering about UX, uh, what are the other important factors to consider when creating software documentation?
1: I think that the single most important factor is knowing your audience. Um, I remember when I started out my career almost 20 years ago that um, we never really discussed who, who was reading the documentation. It was pretty much creating a PDF and then not really having any contact with, uh, with who was reading it or how useful it was. Um, we had a lot of screen captures and so on. Today, uh, especially in Gong, which is a relatively new startup company. Everything's online. Um, I hardly use any screen captures. I can update all the time the documentation. But the most important thing is knowing that my audience is getting the information that they need. And um, over the last few years, I've introduced quite a lot of um, interviews with um, the customers and people who are partnering with us so that I can get an insight into what their job is and what they need out of our product so that I can help them when I'm doing the writing.
0: Uh Right. So uh, I'm sure with so much of experience
1: you have,
0: uh, how do you decide on the type of technical writing that you should work on, whether that be user documents or technical docs, any kind of docs. So how do you decide on the type of technical writing?
1: I think that um, the type of writing is partly uh expected based on the fact that um, we want to have something written up for the feature we want to promote the feature we want to make sure that people know about the feature so um, it starts from the sort of release notes aspect and and introducing it in more of a marketing kind of way um if it's a quite technical feature we have some Um, configuration settings that can become really quite technical and complicated if it's with a certain integration, for example. So we need to make sure that we have not only very clear how-to articles, but we also have FAQ in case something goes wrong or in case people have a certain configuration that they need to to take into account how they're going to set it up. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of aspects that are going in there to determine what kind of writing we do. Um, Recently, for example, I did a survey and I asked my team, why do we create so many FAQs? I can see in the help center analytics that people are not reading these FAQs. Um, And there was no right or wrong answer. It was just really interesting to see that some people kind of got used to leaning on FAQs and that was the way that they were introducing their features Um, And we were able to sort of take a fresh look at how we're going to present the questions. Are all questions frequently asked or are some of them just nice to know Um, and reconsider how we're going to present them, uh, whether it's in the UI itself or just in the help center and so on.
0: Uh-huh. Nice. Nice. So, um, I mean, it need not be with Kong, but generally with all your 20 years of um, uh, writing experience, what kind of reduction in workload have you seen? I mean, could be two two ways to this question. Have you seen any reduction in workload? And if so, what kind of uh, reduction in workload have you seen by introducing such quality documentation?
1: I have to say, I've not seen any reduction, if anything. I've seen an increase because everybody likes to have good documentation. And I think one of the very early lessons in this career is that nothing is ever ever perfect or finished. It's, you never finish and present and then go home. Everything is always up for uh, tweaks or massage or, um, slightly new addition to the feature. need to rework the content a little bit. Um, I mean, for example, I'm in my help center two, three times every week um, just to update things that are stable, but uh, we have a slightly uh, new feature, a, a new twist on the feature going out. Um, so it's like a living and breathing document, it, it's never done. Um, so I wouldn't say that the workload's reduced at all. I think that um, because we're able to update and publish whenever we want, we can. We can, and so we do. Um, I think that's a sign of the times rather than uh, because of having quality documentation. I think quality is expected. It's 2020. Most of our audience knows how to use computers, um, but they're expecting answers that are timely, and um, they're not going to wait for a month to to get the information. True,
0: true. Uh, So... In terms of support calls and uh, technical queries or technical support um, enquiries, have you seen any reductions there uh, by such documentations?
1: Um, From my side, I saw that um, there were less searches that led to tickets being open, but um, I had a conversation with my support guys uh, a week or so ago where they're saying that they're They've had quite a significant um, upsurge in tickets. I think it's probably related to the fact that uh, we've had a lot more clients join um, over the period that they were discussing. Um, I think it's good to keep monitoring that and to push self-service as much as possible so that people, generally speaking, people don't want to wait to solve a problem. They want to be able to sort of come in, quickly get the answer and go and solve the problem themselves. So we've discussed various ways that we can uh, strategize that a bit better or to push the help center a bit more. Um, and it's an ongoing discussion and an ongoing process to try and improve that process.
0: True, true, especially during the initial days of, uh, of people trying to settle in with the software, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, you have mentioned this uh, a few times already, uh, the documentation at Gong is a public, public-facing one, correct?
1: No, no, no. It's behind a gate. Um, You have to be a customer to be able to access the help center.
0: Oh, okay. Fantastic. So I think the next question I wanted to ask you might not be relevant to you. I wanted to know if you're generating any organic search traffic from your knowledge base.
1: No, no. If you search anything on Gong, you'll get to the website, but you won't be able to access the help. Oh, got
0: you. All right. So what direction do you see the future of technical writing going down?
1: Very interesting question. I think that um, it's come a long way. Um, I think it's a mix of mediums now. I think that our audiences have matured. Um, 20 years ago, not everybody was familiar with computers and how to use them, and we had to be a lot more um, heavy-handed with describing every single step along the way. I've found myself now able to cut out uh, certain flows if if it's more or less obvious in the UI. It means the UI has been designed very well. Um, I think a general rule of thumb anyway is if it's difficult to write up, it wasn't designed very well because it shouldn't be so difficult to write. Um, I think that there are lots of new mediums such as video and so on. Um, I know from my kids' generation that they'd much rather watch a video Personally, I'm of the generation where I'd much rather scan a page. So I think um, there's new directions there. There's new possibilities there. But I don't think there'll be a complete overhaul, at least not at this stage. I think um, people like short, digestible chunks of information. And again, it depends on what their goal is uh, for the documentation, if they're learning more, if they're learning how to be better at their job. Or if they have an issue and they're looking for a troubleshooting article, so um, there's definitely a range there. Um, I think also in-app um, notices, such as uh, the kinds that walk Me do, like pop-up saying what's new. People love that. Um, that's all content too. That's all coming out of our teams. Mm-hmm.
0: Super. So before we move on to the rapid fire round, anything I must ask you? in
1: the general uh, Q&A session? Um, I don't know. I think one thing I would, I would like to uh, address that I listened to a couple of your podcast episodes where there doesn't seem to be a good answer from people about how to measure the documentation. Um, I actually find documentation very easy to measure. My issue is more how to measure the success of UX writing. Um, but now for documentation, I am always on the analytics. I can access SciSense, I can access uh, Zendesk and Google Analytics and I can process that information to get uh, quality KPIs and to monitor the lay of the land, how, who, what's going on in my help. Um, and it's, it's really important to keep on top of that.
0: All right, super. Um, so uh, you mentioned Saison as well. So if you remember, we had a we have a series with uh, Gideon from Saison. Yeah. yeah, super, super. Right. So let's move on to this rapid fire round. Uh, who have you learned the most from in your career? So I think I'm taking you back twenty years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think there's one source of. Um, documentation information that I've learned the most from, I think because the the game has changed so much over the last 20 years, I can look back across my career and I can think of the bosses that pushed me to my limits um, and the bosses who um, they had processes in place that were so good that you could really just learn from being part of that process um, in addition, I think there's no end of resources, podcasts like this one, um, professional groups on LinkedIn, medium articles. So there's always places to learn from and I think it, it's good to listen to yourself and, and where you know where it touches you and from that you can learn a lot.
0: Great. So it looks like you read a lot and listen a lot to a lot of resources. So can you point us to uh, documentation related resource you have consumed recently so people can make
1: use of that same resource? Sure. Um, I think a medium is my favorite for digestible and interesting articles about our area of work. Um, I think there's probably a little bit more in the direction of UX writing. Um, I'm always have the UX collective open. Um, Uh, there's always good articles on there even you know on the level of how to write a good error message um and so that's what I would recommend anyone do is go into medium and start searching and the topics will come up
0: (laughs) great great so what is that one piece of advice you would give to your old 20 year old self
1: well (laughs) it's a it's a really good question I think um at 20, I hope nobody has firm career plans and will want to stick to the same career. Um, I think that's the age where you really get to experiment and all through your twenties, you can just do whatever you want, um, which will lead you on to finding out who you are and what, what you're passionate about and then becoming, um, more in depth into whatever your career path ends up to be. But in terms of, uh, the special source that I feel I bring to my job today it's really um it's really tapping into my inner uh personality and bringing that out in the documentation and the way that I write uh-huh. hey. using sense of humor <laughs>
0: Super. <laughs> so that was uh, great hearing to, to your uh, story, Naomi. So I think we are almost there with our podcast. So any last uh, tips and suggestions or thoughts uh, that you would like to share to our audience today?
1: Um, nothing in particular. I think I've covered most aspects. I think. Uh Stay awake, uh, ask yourself questions all the time to check in on what you're doing and sort of don't sneak walk through anything. And uh, yeah, I, good luck to everyone who's trying out and find me on LinkedIn if you have any questions.
0: Fantastic. So that's great. So super Naomi, uh, I really enjoyed this uh, 15 to 20 minutes of uh, session with you and uh, it's very um very nice to hear so once again i appreciate the time you spent with us today and you look after yourself
1: and enjoy the sun like grace gary thank you very much
0: thanks for listening to today's episode of the knowledge-based ninjas podcast please head to itunes rate and provide honest feedback on the podcast see you next week